Section 8 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com. Geomorphology of the Southern Appalachians, Part 1. Physiography. By Hayes and Campbell. Physiography of the Cretaceous Peneplain the existing remnants of the cretaceous peneplain having been described in some detail a fairly complete view may be gained of its physiography at the close of the long period of quiescence during which it was formed although this is the most perfectly base-leveled plain ever developed in the province and although it was exceptional for its extent and regularity it did not have a perfectly horizontal surface in fact it was level only where erosion acted under the most favorable conditions either near sea margin and along the largest streams or where the rocks were easily removed by solution where soft and hard rocks alternated the former were quickly reduced while the latter remained above base level for longer or shorter periods according as they were more or less remote from the main drainage lines where the location was most favorable for erosion hard and soft rocks alike were perfectly reduced and the rivers wandered in sinuous courses and with sluggish currents uninfluenced by the character or attitude of the underlying strata that this was rather the exceptional case however is inferred from the infrequence of superimposed drainage which can be attributed directly to base-level wanderings probably the outcrops of many if not most of the hard beds appeared embossed in low relief under the base-level plain the distribution of the unreduced areas so far as they can be determined at the present time is shown in plate five it will be seen that these areas coincide in position with the present mountain regions doubtless many points which then stood slightly above the peneplain have been so reduced by subsequent erosion that their summits no longer rise above its general level western north carolina as early as cretaceous time was the culminating point of the appalachian highlands a position which it has held uninterruptedly from that time to the present at the close of the period of base leveling the mountains here stood at altitudes varying from three thousand to thirty six hundred feet above sea level and in some portions of the region they have changed in appearance but little from that time to this thus in the asheville region there was then a broad level valley over whose surface the streams meandered in winding courses encircling the valley were the same mountains as today with almost the same contours the chief difference is in the altitude of the baselevel valley which then stood near sea level but now has an elevation of twenty four hundred feet and in the deep gorges which the present streams have etched below its surface the present line of the blue ridge in virginia was marked by a series of monadnocks isolated or in groups but not comparable in extent with the mountain mass toward the southwest in the region of the cumberland mountains across the appalachian valley from the great smokies the map shows some areas not reduced to base level these formed a group of monadnocks the highest of which the big black mountains did not much exceed fifteen hundred feet in altitude 
they are composed of rocks not specially obdurate and as suggested above probably owe their preservation from erosion to the surrounding barrier formed by the great carboniferous conglomerate and also to their position to the interior away from the main drainage lines in the valley region where the rocks are highly tilted and present sharp contrasts in capacity for resisting erosion many short ridges or linear monadnocks stood from one hundred to one thousand feet above the base level these form the higher portions of many of the present valley ridges while the present wind gaps represent the former base level intervals between the monadnocks in the plateau region south of the crab orchard mountains no areas of sufficient extent to be represented on the map remained unreduced the peneplain in this portion of the province was less perfect than in some others and occasional slight elevations remain clearly above its general level these are sometimes due to the attitude of unusually resistant beds but more often to the accidents of erosion acting on tolerably homogeneous material deformation of the cretaceous peneplain one of the most important conclusions contained in the present paper in its bearings upon geomorphology is the recognition of the nature of the deformation found recorded in the present attitude of the baselevel peneplains it is that these deformations have been mainly produced by true orogenic movements affecting comparatively narrow areas along certain well-defined axes that they were not epirogenic or continental uplifts such as would preserve a peneplain in approximately its original horizontal position nor even as suggested by willis uplifts which broadly arched the surface across the whole expanse of the province also that orogenic activity has not been continuous along any one axis nor always in the same direction though the total effect of the intermittent motion has been to elevate the whole province deformations of the baselevel peneplains have been recognized in this and adjacent regions by other writers especially davis and mcgee thus davis has shown that the cretaceous peneplain in pennsylvania new jersey and portions of new england is tilted seaward but he has not located its axis of elevation also mcgee has shown that in the southern appalachians every subsidence has been greatest at the sea margin and every elevation greatest in the interior which implies a cumulative seaward tilting the class of facts from which he derived his evidence did not enable him to locate the main axis of uplift though he clearly recognized the transverse memphis charleston axis which will be more fully described on a subsequent page in order to represent in as graphic a manner as possible the present form of this cretaceous peneplain a contoured map of the deformed surface has been constructed upon this map are assembled all available data derived from a careful comparison of the various known remnants of the plain within the province the result appears as plate five and although regarded by the writers as preliminary it embodies all the information at present attainable although imperfect the map is highly suggestive and it is hoped that it may lead to the construction of similar maps of other regions in which equally important results would undoubtedly be obtained different portions of the map represent widely different proportions of fact and hypothesis 
and hence differ in value thus in the southern part of the province the peneplain as already described is well preserved also the map of this portion is based upon a large number of personal observations and may be considered fairly accurate in some regions of the northern portion of the province only scanty remains of the peneplain can be found and the evidence of its existence is so indefinite that while the present map is unsatisfactory it is doubtful if anything better can be constructed even with fuller field observations other portions are based upon a study of imperfect topographic maps or railroad profiles and verbal descriptions of topography so that the results are correspondingly unsatisfactory as already indicated the deformations of the cretaceous peneplain represented by the contour map plate five are not the result of a single elevation or a single system of orogenic movements but the algebraic sum of all movements both of elevation and depression which have affected the region since the peneplain was formed not only have the movements been in opposite directions and at different periods but the axis of maximum motion have not always been the same nor even parallel they have intersected at various angles and the surface has been warped accordingly the data are not sufficient for mapping all the details and a description of the principal axis only will be attempted longitudinal axis of elevation there are three principal longitudinal axes and so far as known these are axes of elevation alone though depression of which no record is left may have taken place along them also they are indicated by broken lines on plate five and marked by the letters c d e f and g h these are lines of maximum elevation and they have had a predominant influence in producing the present topography of the province they coincide with the present mountains and in a general way parallel the great structural features of the appalachian valley transverse axis of oscillation in addition to the predominating longitudinal axis a number of interesting transverse axes are brought out by the contours representing the deformed cretaceous peneplain in the central portion of the map the contours swell out on either side giving a broader and more regular profile to the elevation than elsewhere this is suggestive of a transverse line of uplift intersecting the longitudinal axis nearly at right angles if this line be prolonged in both directions it is found to connect cincinnati and cape hatteras both of which have been recognized as occupying regions of recent elevation as early as 1871 shaler described a transverse uplift which he concluded had produced the great projection of the coastline at cape hatteras also mcgee has shown that this axis has been an important factor in determining the form of the coastline during the time represented by the deposition of the coastal plain sediments he describes it as an axis of interruption or change in epirogenic movement during every geologic period since the cretaceous if this line from cape hatteras to cincinnati be continued across the ohio river its direction will be found to coincide with that of the main or northwestward branch of the cincinnati arch which crosses indiana to chicago although with the information at present available 
it cannot be asserted that motion has taken place along the southeastern portion of the line except in post-cretaceous time still the coincidence of the two axes suggests the probability that there was orogenic movement in the appalachian region during the uplift of the cincinnati arch in ohio and indiana and conversely that north of the ohio river may yet be found traces of post-paleozoic movements corresponding to the later uplifts in the vicinity of cape hatteras the probability of such contemporaneous movement is increased by the fact that in the southern portion of the province evidence was found by the writers proving that certain axes of post-cretaceous oscillation have also been lines of paleozoic movement a second and more clearly defined axis of elevation o p is found crossing the province in the vicinity of chattanooga its trend is nearly due north and south and it has been traced nearly as far north as cincinnati if the access be continued across the ohio river it falls in line with the eastern branch of the cincinnati arch passing through finley and toledo ohio this also may be only a coincidence but it strongly suggests genetic connection between the portions of the axis north and south of cincinnati the third and most prominent of the transverse axis crosses the southern portion of the province passing near atlanta and forming a tangent to the great northwestward bend of the tennessee river it was first recognized by mcgee in studying the sediments of the southern atlantic coastal plain and mississippi embayment he describes this charleston memphis axis as an axis of maximum subsidence during both low-level periods represented by the lafayette and columbia formations and an axis of maximum uplift during both high-level periods it is represented on the map by the broken line a b having a nearly east and west direction it intersects the last described north and south transverse axis as well as the longitudinal axis and since as shown by the contours it is at present a line of depression the effect of the elevation along the other axis is wholly or partially neutralized at their intersections the oscillations on this axis a b have been an important factor in determining the drainage of this region and will be again referred to in the second part of this paper the probability of orogenic forces having been active upon the transverse axis during paleozoic time was mentioned above in case of the axis a b there is proof of such activity at two or more distinct epochs in mapping the paleozoic formations of northern georgia and alabama it was found that two terrains which present strong indications of having been deposited under shore conditions terminate abruptly against this line these shore formations are the birmingham breccia at the top of the knox dolomite and the oxmoor sandstone occurring in the lower carboniferous other stratigraphic changes scarcely less striking mark this as a line of instability during the whole of paleozoic time and the physiographic evidence shows that the instability has continued down almost to the present hence it seems at least probable that orogenic activity has been persistent on the other axis in pre-cretaceous or paleozoic time and that the forces which produce the cincinnati arch are the same as those which have deformed the cretaceous peneplain 
Considerable evidence has been collected bearing upon the relative age of the oscillations recorded in the deformed peneplain, but since it is closely connected with topographic features to be described later, its consideration is postponed to a subsequent page. Deformed Tertiary Peneplain the long period of quiescence during which the cretaceous peneplain was produced was terminated by a general elevation of the larger part of the province like most of the oscillations that have occurred since it was compound in character combining epigenic and orogenic movements the former affected the entire province carried the coastline considerably beyond its previous location and stimulated the streams to increased activity but the energies culminated along certain axial lines and resulted in pronounced orogenic uplifts that warped and twisted the surface as it arose. The immediate effect of this elevation was to stimulate erosion, and the streams for which a long period had been carrying only the finest sediments began the rapid corrasion of their channels and quickly trenched the rising land. The process was carried on differently in different parts of the province where the elevation was slow erosion was very moderate in its effects but where elevation was rapid the streams were greatly stimulated and rapidly dissected the peneplain the movements which inaugurated this cycle still continued to affect the province not continuously along any one axis but by intermittent and gradually decreasing elevations and depressions these oscillations were terminated by a second period of quiescence during which the surface was again reduced to a baselevel peneplain the extent of the movements occurring between these two periods of base leveling can be roughly measured by the vertical distance between the two peneplains the uplift attained its maximum of about twenty six hundred feet in northern virginia and west virginia and was apparently continuous from the close of one period of base leveling to the inauguration of the other as a direct consequence of this steady uprising of the land we find in this portion of the province the cretaceous peneplain almost completely dissected and it is extremely doubtful if any of the level surface is still preserved from this maximum the elevation decreased in an irregular manner toward the margin of the province where the earlier and later base levels coincide the period of cretaceous base leveling was a very long one so long that over much of the province the rocks hard and soft alike were reduced nearly or quite to the same level the period of tertiary base leveling on the other hand was comparatively short when measured by geologic standards it sufficed for the complete removal of the previous peneplain only about the margin of the province where conditions of erosion were exceptionally favorable and for the cutting of broad valleys upon the soft rocks of the interior since only the softer rocks were reduced to base level there is less diversity in the tertiary than in the cretaceous peneplain but when the surrounding erosion slopes are considered in connection with the plain as they must necessarily be there is found a great variety of topographic forms depending jointly on the kind of rocks location with reference to the margin of the sea or large drainage channels and amount of pre-tertiary elevation this peneplain like the cretaceous has been greatly modified by late erosion 
but even in this the three elements named above are the controlling ones and mainly responsible for the forms produced marginal types in the western portion of the province conditions were favorable for the production of an extensive baselevel peneplain during this period the very perfect cretaceous plain was elevated from a few feet at the margin of the tertiary sea to about one thousand feet at the western line of the cumberland escarpment the greater part of the rocks thus raised above base level were limestones in which the streams quickly lowered their channels and by lateral corrasion entirely removed the intermediate highlands with the exception of a few isolated monadnocks of which short mountain already described is the type owing to the coincidence throughout central tennessee of the carboniferous limestone and the tertiary base level this peneplain was formed up to the base of the steep plateau escarpment and far within the narrow limestone coves which indent its border in the time that has elapsed since the formation of this peneplain the streams have not been able to cut their gorges back to the escarpment so their headwaters are still flowing upon that old plain though at an altitude of from one thousand to eleven hundred feet thus in a belt of country bordering the plateau on the west and extending northeastward from huntsville alabama to the kentucky tennessee line the conditions were favorable for the production and have since been favorable for the preservation of this peneplain across kentucky the conditions were similar to those of tennessee except that the hard coal measure sandstones were less elevated and formed no plateau and subsequent erosion as the ohio river is approached has been more and more active until in the immediate vicinity of the river the peneplain is recognized with difficulty the conditions north of the ohio river are at present entirely unknown and the only suggestion the present writers can offer is that probably the two peneplains gradually approach each other in that direction until they practically coincide about the southern margin of the province the elevation between the two periods of base leveling was so slight that the rocks have been practically exposed to base level conditions from nearly the beginning of cretaceous to neocene time and as a result are deeply decayed and but poorly preserve the records of the past in the coosa valley the tertiary peneplain is generally distinguishable although subsequent erosion has cut deeply into its surface and owing to the decay of the rocks has reduced the least resistant members to a still lower base level that at which the present streams of the region are flowing continuing eastward the vertical interval between the cretaceous and tertiary base levels decreases and in the vicinity of atlanta they practically coincide so that the recognition of the two peneplains is almost impossible the streams have not cut below the old peneplains in their upper courses and the tributaries of the chattahoochee and tallapoosa rivers still flow upon the surface of the cretaceous peneplain on the southeastern margin of the province throughout the piedmont plain the tertiary peneplain is well developed and only occasional monadnocks show the position of the cretaceous plain although crystalline rocks are generally regarded as offering great resistance to erosion they are under base leveling conditions subject to very deep decay and probably at the close of the cretaceous cycle were softened to a far greater depth 
than at the present time as the elevation succeeding the cretaceous period of base leveling was not great the streams quickly swept away this mantle of residual material down to base level under such conditions the tertiary peneplain was very perfectly developed through the whole of the piedmont plain the subsequent erosion of this peneplain has been comparatively slight and in many parts especially in the vicinity of the james and potomac rivers it is almost perfectly preserved interior valley type as stated above this period was not sufficiently long for hard rocks to be reduced except under peculiarly favorable conditions in the interior of the province only areas of limestone and shale were lowered to the newly established base level these rocks formed the surface chiefly in the zone of folded rocks known as the appalachian valley upon the elevation of the region the streams sank their channels mainly within these belts of easily erodible rocks although in some cases their wanderings during the preceding period of base leveling had led them across hard rocks upon which they thus became superimposed the greatly stimulated erosion rapidly reduced the soft rocks to base level in the immediate vicinity of the large streams the valleys were broadened until checked by hard rocks which remained at the level of the old peneplain either as valley ridges the plateaus upon the west or the present mountain valleys upon the east this removal of the soft rocks progressed well toward the head branches of most of the rivers within the appalachian valley in many cases the divides between adjacent river basins were almost perfectly base leveled though in some cases explained in part two of this paper the present divides were then crossed by large streams whose courses were subsequently changed the shenandoah valley may be taken as the type of this portion of the tertiary peneplain its level floor cut in the soft limestone and shale is abruptly terminated on either side by steep slopes composed of more resistant strata the divide between the shenandoah and james is but little higher or narrower than the valleys themselves the same is true of the divides between the james and roanoke and the roanoke and new rivers and their valleys are almost as perfectly base leveled as that of the shenandoah in the southern portion of the appalachian valley the great cambro silurian limestone becomes very silicious and its surface was less perfectly reduced than in virginia many rounded ridges of residual chert reach slightly above the level of the tertiary peneplain even in the vicinity of the larger streams the amount of the erosion however was even greater than on the shenandoah and james for the valley in eastern tennessee and northwestern georgia is considerably wider than in northern virginia in the new kanawha basin the tertiary peneplain was extensively developed conditions of erosion appear to have been exceptionally favorable for not only limestones but considerable areas of sandstone and shales were very completely reduced owing to subsequent elevation this tertiary plain now forms a plateau twenty five hundred feet above sea level and the present streams have cut their channels fifteen hundred feet or more below its surface the altitude of the peneplain decreases rapidly westward and in the valley of the ohio corresponds with the highest bluffs 
below which the river has sunk its bed from four hundred to seven hundred feet plate six shows the portions of the surface not reduced to the tertiary base level and from it more easily than from descriptions may be obtained a general idea of the physiography of the tertiary peneplain at the end of this base leveling process these areas are seen to be very extensive on both sides of the appalachian valley while only the narrow ridges remain within the latter the area unreduced to base level during this period is in round numbers forty five thousand square miles and the ratio of this area to that of the entire province then above sea level is one to four point seven during the cretaceous base leveling on the other hand the unreduced portion is only eighty seven hundred square miles and its ratio to the then existing province is one to twenty two a comparison of these ratios affords some idea of the relative duration of the two periods the reduction of a surface to base level however does not vary directly as the time but rather as some highly complex function of the time being a process which decreases in its rate as it approaches completion hence the comparative duration of the two periods cannot be determined without considering other factors whose values are at present unknown nevertheless it seems probable that the earlier period was at least eight or ten times as long as the later one end of section eight recording by lawrence trask mount vernon ohio interfaceaudio.com